Once again, my name is John Michael. Uh, I will be reading from Romans 4, 13 to 25. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there transgression. For this reason, the promise depends on faith, in order that it may rest on grace, so that it may be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, excuse me, who is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said. So, uh, so shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about 100 years old, and the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the word it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who, has handed, who was handed over for trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, John Michael. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Juan Pablo. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I'm the site pastor here at Urban Village in Wicker Park. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, let me get myself together. This week, I or yesterday actually, we had a, a meeting. And uh, I remember seeing Andy there on, online. Um, we were trying to do a teach-in about a referendum that was going to be on the ballot. It's going to be on the ballot in March. And uh, it's called, through an organization, Bring Chicago Home. Um, and it's a way for us to tax the rich and use that money for homeless uh, uh, services, for permanent homes for people to live in. And so um, we're part of an organization that, of churches. And so we, we kind of hosted this yesterday. Um, and Pastor Paula from United Methodist Church in Humble Park was supposed to translate. And she texted me that she was running late. And so I'm like, oh, she better get here quick. <laughs> because if not, that meant I was going to have to translate into Spanish. Um, and I get nervous to speak Spanish because sometimes I feel like I don't have a lot of words or I have the vocabulary of maybe a third grader, which is good. But if I'm going to translate and it was going to be on Zoom, I got really, really, really nervous. 
And it's interesting because the person that was going to translate, in, they're, they're not even, um, Spanish is not their first language. And so I wonder what, um, what made me feel so insecure about that? What made me um, get embarrassed if I stumbled a little bit? And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that in our sermon series that uh, we're starting last week uh, called Letting Go. And so last week we talked about letting go of preconceived ideas of who Jesus is. And so, uh, and we explored uh, that because sometimes we need to let go of the things that are familiar in order to do something new. And so that, um, that is the way that, in a way, that we, that we talked about last week. But this week, we're going to let go of insecurities, and we're going to talk a little bit deeper about imposter syndrome. Um, so buckle up. <laughs> um, uh, let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you, and I hope uh, that through these words, your Holy Spirit will be able to teach us something new. In your name, amen. amen. Um, so in this story, Paul has an interesting uh, conundrum uh, that is happening. Um, but before we talk about that, we talk about insecurity. So now I get insecure about a whole bunch of things, um, Spanish, speaking Spanish in front of Spanish speakers. Um, but... Um, insecurities come in all shapes. They come in all sizes. It doesn't matter what race you are, what gender you are, um, how much money you make. Um, it affects us all. And there's an article by Happier Human, and it says, no matter how big or small, ignoring your insecurities will only magnify the problem and send you on a downward spiral towards self-loathing. And here are some, some common insecurities that it says that people have. I'm too fat. I'm not attractive. I don't have many friends. I'll never get that promotion. I'm not smart. I'll never find the one. Got very quiet in here. <laughs> you probably add some of your own, right? Um, but in our text today, Paul has a problem. The early church um, here that, that Lydia was um, kind of alluding to in Acts, um, this early church in Rome was primarily Jewish. These house churches uh, were led by, Jew, by Jews. But the emperor Claudius ends up kicking all the Jews out of Rome. And, and what's left are the Gentile Christians. And so these Gentile Christians start um, hosting the house meetings. And these house meetings started to grow and people started to come to them. Well, that emperor dies five years later, and the ne next emperor let the Jews back into Rome. So when the Jews get back, they're like, hey, wait, these were our, we're, we're the ones that are um, the true Christians. We're the ones that, that are um, heirs of this promise that Abraham had. And so they said, well, if, if these Gentiles uh, want to be part of a community, they're going to have to get circumcised. And then comes Paul. And he's like, hmm, what are we going to do? Circumcise everyone? Because Jews consider themselves the true people, heirs of the covenant. Um, and they felt like the Gentiles were not worthy of 
God's mercy and God's promise. And so they wanted them to abide to this law of getting circumcised. So then he responds, Paul, by using this example of Abraham to teach his community about faith and faithfulness. Uh, so let's go back. Let's go to the story, and it's found in Genesis 15. So God declares to Abram, um, because his name is not yet Abraham, look toward heaven and count the stars. If you're able to count them, then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham, Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And then a couple of chapters um, after, it says that Abram was 99 years old, and God comes back, appears uh, to Abram again, and says, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to God, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. So this time, um, Abraham, because now it's not going by their dead name, um, laughs and wonders how his wife, who's also in her 90s, is going to bear a child. And then God changes Sarai's name to Sarah. So both of them have new names, Sarah, Sarai, um, um, bears a child. Abraham then circumcises everyone in the household, circumcises himself, and he does this all in the sign of a covenant with God. And um, then we see later on that, that God fulfills the promise and thousands and thousands and thousands of people afterwards. So what I think Paul is trying to say here is that Abraham believed and he received God's promise before he was circumcised. So the circumcision really just came as a kind of an act of faith, of, of response to this promise, a response to God's love, God's um, mercy in his life. And they became heirs through this faith. And he was saying, Paul is saying here, that Abraham received this promise and received all of this before he was circumcised. And so this promise is not only for the circumcised, but it's also for the uncircumcised. This is huge because the inheritance that was received was faith. And it says that that faith that God reckoned onto him, that word reckoned is like credits to, um, to them as righteousness. So to reckon faith as righteousness means that God draws God's own self to credit us with an uprightness that on our own we don't possess. So it's an act of grace. And it gives us room to try again to be strengthened like Abraham was, that we may live our lives and live lives of, that are full. But what happened to the Gentile Christians here? The house uh, churches were growing. And then another group came in and told them that they were not enough that they were not worthy, that they were dirty if they didn't 
participate the way they wanted them to. And I wonder if it made Gentiles feel insecure. It made them feel like imposters. And this syndrome of imposter syndrome is just a really a common feeling that you don't deserve what you got, that you ain't all that, that you begin to think that people are going to catch on that you're not that smart. People are going to catch on that you don't deserve to be in the front singing. Any of those things, imposter syndrome, it can affect people of any age. It can affect any one of us here in this room. And today, a lot of us are made to feel like imposters because we don't look like what a typical Christian looked like. Today, we're made to feel like imposters because we don't love like people say we're supposed to love. We're made to feel like imposters because they want our bodies to be a certain way. And we begin to doubt ourselves. And even for LGBTQ Christians today, they begin to wonder if God really loves them. And so we begin to say, we don't pray like so-and-so. We don't play guitar like Daniel. I wish I, I uh, could sing like any of them on the worship team, but I can't. And you begin to think that you have no gifts to offer, circumcised or uncircumcised. And so when you do that, you leave this place not being transformed, not being changed because of our insecurities. And so this time of Lent, um, it's a time of reflection and renewal. And we have to let go of this imposter syndrome that tells us that we do not measure up, that we're not good enough. And so one of the ways that you could do this is to tell the truth about yourself. And some people call that uh, confession. And um, I have weekly meetings with John Michael and Kelton. Um, and we kind of go through um, things that we're thinking about ministry, uh, the Sunday planning for the next week. Um, but I also use that as a way to um, kind of express my self-doubt of, of things that I feel like I'm not that good at. Or I'd be like, I don't want to do this because um, I'm, I, people are going to know that <laughs> I'm not that smart, or I'm not that good, or I shouldn't be here, or I wasn't called. And they listen. And I don't do it so that they could be like, oh, no, Juan Pablo, you are the best. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, but I do it so that I can get it out instead of holding it in. Because imagine holding that in, and I'm in front, and I think, oh, everyone here hates me. Everyone here is talking about me or thinking about me. Hey, Dante. <laughs> so let's not compare ourselves. <laughs> I didn't see him. Um, let's not compare ourselves to other people. Because it's going to begin to paralyze us. And it's going to begin to make us procrastinate to do the things that we should be doing to get into a greater relationship with God and for our own spiritual growth. And I'm going to read a quote by Professor Holly Heron that says, for Paul and for those of us today who identify as Christians, faith and faithfulness come together in Jesus Christ who embodies God's faithfulness towards us, even as we stray from God who perfects our faith through the spirit and the, the power of Christ raised from the dead. 
circumcised or uncircumcised, worthy or not worthy. I, I just telling the worship uh, team in the back that I sometimes get tired because something always happens during the week that I'm like, why do I have to talk about this on Sunday? Why do I always have to find um, um, something in the news that's taking up people's attention? And perhaps not, that no one's talking about, but we need to hear. And so uh, this week, we, we saw yet another um, trans person, non-binary person be killed. Their name, next Benedict, who's a high school student using the bathroom that they did not want to use, but because of Oklahoma's anti-trans laws, was forced to use. And while in this bathroom, three other older girls come in, and they beat her up, and next passes away a couple of days later. Still investigating. Teachers did nothing. Principal did nothing. Do we decide who God loves? Are we the ones that are becoming like the Jews in that day and saying, you're not worthy to worship God unless you do this or unless you look like that? God doesn't love people that use they, them pronouns. You got to stop using them before you're heirs of the promise. We're forcing people to do things in a different way. But Galatians, it tells us this. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Next was beloved. And you are all beloved. You're all people of faith. And we're here, Paul is saying that God will reckon unto us as righteousness as we believe so that we all can live full lives, so that we all can be people that help other people that speak up for all the other nexus in the, in the world, that we won't be quiet, that we would love who we want to love, that we will be who we were created to be in different ways. And yes, this is such a downer, because Paul was really saying that you have to rejoice in this, in this um, announcement that you don't have to do anything to receive God's love. It is available to all of us, and you have nothing that you have to do. Just believe, and it will be reckoned unto you as righteousness, and you will have a life full of love and fullness of life. Amen? Again, sorry if sometimes I get so um, 
Um, the news just sometimes gets to me, and um, really, you should be happy and happy that we have um, this faith and this God that loves us. 